The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hello, welcome to the Port Preview podcast for round four versus Greater Western Sydney. Uh, the game will be played on Saturday night at Manica Oval in Canberra, although it's got a different name. I think it's Uni, New South Wales, something, something. These sponsors are too complicated. Um, joining me, as often is the case, is uh, Maka. Maka, how are you? Mate, not too bad. Pretty good. Uh, very excited for Easter and uh, the footy this weekend. Yeah, yeah, uh, certainly the footy. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting round, I think. There seems to be a lot of matchups where a couple of teams that, and unfortunately I think we might be one of them, a couple of teams that have maybe performed above a lot of people's expectations so far are coming up against teams that might be the ones to take them down. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, who ends up you know, 3-1 and who ends up 2-2. Two, two. Um, For sure. Very consequential. Yeah. Hopefully it's us. Hopefully, hopefully we are three one. Um, we should be, but there's a, a rather notable absentee this week, which um, on Monday certainly Maka had a, a not much nice to say about, and uh, that's Patrick Ryder. Uh, he's been officially pinged now. He's off for the week, and uh, honestly, that's just really pretty appalling, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'm even more angry now that I've seen our inclusions this week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just made me absolutely. even more angry. So. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I've this is a this is a game that Paddy Ryder it was made for him because we uh the first two rounds we looked like GWS tries to look, you know, um and now we've sort of slowly depleted the things that made us really good in those first two rounds and we've lost our ruck chance our chance to stay in there. I mean, didn't I think um, Mumford had something like eleven clearances either this week or the week before. Um, sorry, Shane Mumford did. Um, and so that's insane for a Ruckman, uh, and he's supported by good midfielders. So anyway, let's continue on. Uh, mm. The other hot topic. Look, sorry. Before yes. we get before we get started into the hot topics, I just want to say something. Yeah. Um, I'd just like to mention the passing of one of our um, Port players from the nineties, one of my all-time favourite players, who is uh, Darren Mackay. Um, oh who was a, uh, a very tough wingman, had really good pace, uh, good skills, and was really, really unlucky not to play in one of those premierships in that uh, 90s era. I think he was probably next man up on three or four occasions and just didn't get his opportunity. But uh, he did play in a couple of reserves premierships, but, um, yeah, very, very tragic. Only uh, 46 years old. And uh, wow. so, yeah, on, on behalf of uh, everyone at Port Fan Radio and Big Footy, our condolences go out to Darren's family and friends. And, uh, you know, we're definitely thinking of you in this uh, very tough time. That's really young, isn't it? It is, yeah. Oh, well, that's a way to bring the mood down, Macca. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Uh, well, that's a shame. Yeah, condolences. Um, I guess we'll jump from the sad into the kind of deplorable. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, showdown racism. Um, I guess this, this might almost be the first time where we've had reported cases of both sides' fans being racist. Like in the same game, I think it's sort of mm. alternated usually, um, and it's really interesting. Like because it's just it's Australia in a nutshell. Um, you know, we're, we're, it's this racism is everywhere. It's not about point scoring. About oh, you know, Crows fans are racist or Port fans are racist. Like they're both racist. We're all a bit racist, and it, you mm. see the results this week. And it's the same guys that are on the rough end of the stick every time. Um, you know, it's, in this case, it's the Aboriginal players, and regardless of who they're playing for. I, I, it just it look it seems it seems bizarre to me 
that anyone would be throwing around slurs uh, against Aboriginal players when your team, both teams, has uh, them. Uh, have, have them. <laughs> not just have them, but, oh, for his- God's his- sake. but historically have them. Like, they're club champions, you know, of <laughs> both clubs. Oh, uh, for sure. Like, Andrew McLeod's probably yeah. the Crows' best ever player, yeah, and Gavin yeah. Wanganeen's probably our best ever player. Yeah. I mean, it's just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. And it's just the whole situation of, you know, I'm not racist, but... No, 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 you know, mm-hmm. and then you say something completely racist. Like it's just absolutely ridiculous. I, it shits me off no end. Like why? Like in this era where you know everyone's listening, everyone's got a phone which can record everything that happens. Why are you going to do something stupid like that? Like I just don't understand what goes through people's heads at this point in time. And to the idiot that posted something on Facebook, which is one of the most disgraceful things I've ever read in my life. Again, why, why, like, why would you even do that? I don't know anything about that. What's one. the point? But um, yeah, no, it's it's look, it's a it's a ridiculous situation, and um, you know, there might be people that say, oh, well, there's always a few racists in here. It's like, yeah, there are, but if you don't say, hey, pull your head in, if you don't make a show of it, then they're not going to pull their head in, and mm. then all that's going to happen is the people on the rough end of the stick are going to see everyone else standing around silently while some dickhead has a go at them. Um, yeah. Anyway. It's a big shame, but um, yeah. hopefully people, as we said this time last year, you know, hopefully people learn from this and don't do it again. And hopefully this time they don't actually do it again. Well, that would be nice. That would be nice. Because I'm sick of my club being dragged through the mud for the opinion of some dickhead, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just not good enough. And it's just been really consistent as well, you know? Like, it's not... A one-off thing. We we seem to get a complaint or two every year, almost. Um, yeah. And that's not good. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And it's hard to know what you do about it, apart from ping it every time it comes up. Um, you know, eventually you'll run out of them. <laughs> and again, if, if this is the result of our crowd being twice as big, well, I'd rather go back to having seventeen thousand to games. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of those things, though. Like I remember. In the post-premiership period, uh, we had a, a bunch of members slowly start dropping off. And the guys, the people that dropped off were not the noisy, annoying ones that everyone just wishes would shut up. They hang around. Mm. So yeah. I, don't think, I don't think you lose them. I don't think you lose them. I think they're the glued-on ones, mostly, the, the, the ones that we're talking about. So um, I, I don't think that would have an impact all that much. Mm. Anyway, um, now it's time for my regular segment, D's News. <laughs> <laughs> just what I've been waiting for. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, I just really wanted to comment on one thing, which is I think it's been a while. I've just been trying to rack my brain for the last time it's happened. Um, this has been a while since one team has lost players as important to the side all in one week as Hogan, Lewis and Gorner to the Melbourne Demons, and two of them for stupid reasons. Um, it's that's, that's really dramatic change uh, they have to think they're just going to get absolutely pill- um, destroyed by Fremantle this week you'd have to think that, that's big holes it is big holes but uh, they are playing Frio so yeah. you, you never know but um, look you could almost say that um, the loss of Ryder Eddie and um, someone else is probably <laughs> just as just as important for us so I don't think you could but that's a nice thought <laughs> Um, all right. And Lobie. Well, we'll go with Lobie as the third one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that was, um, he, oh, like that's, I don't know. I mean, it's Easter. I didn't do any praying, but. 
yet. Very cool. <laughs> All right. Well, look, um, we've got to the uh, news regular segment, What Are They Up To?, where we sort of talk about the last couple of weeks for a club. Um, we're usually going to stick to two, but because we just lost to the side that GWS lost to in round one, we might talk a little bit about them as well. Um, it's interesting to see uh, what's happened there. Um, I, look, I think the GWS, we've tried to mimic a little bit, or if not mimic, we're just sort of on a similar road. And mm. in that round one game, like now, after this, after that game last week, it's a bit like, oh, okay. Uh, so they're going to, we're going to be the same thing. Are we, are we going to just be the same team playing against each other? Because they, they're basically, mm. they're, they're really winning on weight of possession and not necessarily on contested position, but basically straight up contested possession. Like that's where they're, they're going from. Uh, the they, Crows, they win the yeah. ball, they get it on the outside and yeah. then they run their way into goal basically. Um, and the, look, the Crows did to them what GWS did to Gold Coast and North Melbourne, really. Like they, they won the hard ball. Uh, they choked their midfield and then they ran in waves um, into the forward line and that's how they uh, kick goals. And you can tell from the stats uh, how important that was as well because against Adelaide, um, they were minus 17 in contested possessions, minus 18 in inside 50s. And it's the complete res- uh, reverse of that uh, in the other two games. So what's most important this week is we've just... Uh, inside midfielders have to turn up and they've got to do a better job than what they did against the Crows. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, and you'd have to say that the Crows, I mean, they have to have done, they've done the same thing against both of us. So it's going to be really interesting because I think that um, GWS, probably a little bit more than us, but like they're really, and this is why we blame Ryder again, they're really important. It's really important for them to sort of clear it out of the centre and not have it go the other way. Because I still, I still don't feel their defence is all that good. Um, and I, I think that the stats kind of back that up. I mean, for a team to be getting as much uh, on the scoreboard as they've been, uh, and then to have a defence that's still not, you know, in the top four of uh, least conceded points. I mean, that, that's a bit telling, I would have thought, that their focus is one direction. I don't know. Yeah, but it's, it might also be just because of that one Crows game. Because they did score, the Crows scored, what, 157 points or something against them. It was a very, very big margin. Um, and at this early stage of the season, that, that might still be skewing, uh, skewing things a little bit. But you never know. I mean, yeah. I do agree that their defence is probably is definitely their weak point, but they've also got guys like Zach Williams back there. Uh, Phil Davis is a very, very good defender. Um, Heath Shaw has been a little bit out of form, but we know how well he can play, especially against us, yeah. uh, which is annoying. Uh, hopefully we can get in his head again. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I would agree that that is, if they do have a weak point, it's certainly their back line. And if, if we can get the ball in really quick, uh, which is going to be very, very important, um, then hopefully someone up there might be able to take a few marks. Certainly won't be a toll because we don't have any tolls, uh, but hopefully someone else can. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we do have Charlie Dixon, but he's sort of been up and down. Um, what, what really interested me uh, was seeing that, you know, uh, Jeremy Cameron, he's had a pretty good bag of goals this year so far. He's kicked something like 13 goals for the season. Um, mm. He's only had one contested mark in three games. Uh, so <laughs> that says a lot about their game plan because I think that um, uh, Dixon's had about what ten or so something around that mark. Uh, which... Yeah, probably. Yeah, but so... he's not he's not really a big contestant marker though, Jeremy Cameron. No, but that's it. That's I mean that's and he traditionally isn't like he usually gets one less than one contested marker game. So hopefully that's a sign of how we need to beat him, but just by cutting out his space and his ability to get around. Um, mm. 
It'd be interesting. But, um, yeah, just the last two weeks they've been demolishing teams. Um, and it's been interesting just that, like you said, they've been doing it on contested possession. They've doing it, been doing it with less uncontested possession. So there's obviously areas of the ground that they just can't be bothered caring about. Um, and that's yeah. what we've got to not get sucked into, as we have done in the past. Um, well, they do also play very direct as well. Do. And that's probably why their uncontested numbers are a little bit down, is that they don't sort of fluff around with it cross half-back, they don't switch endlessly and do all that sort of stuff. They get the ball, they know where the goals are, and they try and get it down there as quick as possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, of course, I mean, the, the big one, again, with Paddy Ryder, if you're listening, we're really not happy. Um, it really comes down, I think, a hugely, a huge part to the dominant Ruckman in um, Mumford. He's been, in, yeah. he start, he's been he's a good Ruckman, and he started in fantastic form this year. Um, and we have shot ourselves in the foot because Teddy Ryder couldn't control himself. Um, look, he had two massive games against us last year as well. Yeah. He had two really big games. He killed Trengove in the second game last year, and he got Brownlow votes against Lobie in the first game. So it's going to be really hard to see how we can get on top of him. Um, Ryder would have been a really good point of difference there. Mm. Um, so it's really bitterly disappointing that he's not going to be out there. But hopefully Trengove can do a bit of a job. Maybe we'll try Dixon up there. Um, but if we, again, it's the, we'll head to selection soon, I'm sure. But again, like if we move Dixon into the midfield, what's up forward? Well, very little. That's mm-hmm. that's what we're saying. Um, and also because our delivery, you know, the the thing about the GWS defence is that they're not great. But the one thing they do have is Heathstraw, and Heathstraw, as he said, are traditionally pretty good against us. And the reason he's pretty good against us is because he rebounds the ball a lot. And so if we're not mm-hmm. accurate and if we don't have targets up there and good leads and all that sort of stuff, then he's just going to have a field day and there's not much we can do about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And look, I mean, I, I seem to recall you saying that Dylan Sheil is your favourite player in the league right now, and he's started this year in really good form. Um, he's, I, I think he's pretty much the heart of their game plan right now. Like, he leads all the stat categories that GWS are excelling in. Um, he's just been an absolute powerhouse, and I don't know what we're going to do about him. He is. He's a, he's a, he is the perfect modern-day midfielder because yeah. he's bloody strong. He is lightning quick. Uh, he's just about unstoppable um, once he's actually moving to bring him down. Like, he's just impossible to tackle. Uh, he's got the best pace and core strength combination in the league for a midfielder, I think. And, you know, he does play really well against Port Adelaide as well. He averages 23 touches and a goal a game against us. He picked up three Brownlow votes against us last year with 28 and two. Uh, so, again, traditionally, he does play well. Um, and to be honest, I'm not really sure that uh, we've got anyone that can actually stop him. No, no. I mean, I think the closest we've got is someone that might be able to counteract him. But as far as go with him, nah, no, I don't think we do. Mm-hmm. You need you need to be a very special player. I mean, traditionally, like even historically, Port in the AFL, I can't think of who you'd have go with him. I guess Kane, just, and even then you'd think he was up against it. Um, yeah, it's yeah. just, the really good thing about Dylan Shiel is that he he's almost Judd-like in the way that he hits the packs. He hits the packs already in motion. Um, and we know once, if you get the ball in that situation, it's impossible to stop them. Um, yeah. So the key is to make sure that we actually get our hands on the ball first um, so he doesn't actually get a look in. Um, but again, that's going to be a tough ask. Do you think he might be susceptible to any kind of physical intimidation at all? I don't think so, because I think he's a pretty tough nugget as well and doesn't mind a bit of the old... Uh, so, you know, elbows and, you know, jumper punches and that sort of thing. So yeah. I, I don't think he'll be the sort of player that's uh, susceptible to physical pressure at all. 
Do you maybe have um, SPP? Maybe maybe some of their other midfielders might be, like Kelly or someone like that, but not Shield, I don't think. Yeah, I think Ward might be, but... um... Mm. Yeah, uh, look, I'd, I'd to be tempted to have, with Shield, I'd be tempted to have SPP run with him because he's pretty much exactly who we should be learning about. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's really the sort of uh, prototype that SPP should be sort of uh, basing his game around, really, because he's got the pace, he's got the strength, he's got the core. Um, you know, he, he is that sort of player, so... And the attacking yeah. instinct as well, which is the really important Yeah, that's part. right. Yeah. That's right. All right, well, look, we'll move on to the meet, which is obviously selections this week. Um, not many, but controversial. Um, we've got in Jasper Pittard and Matt White from... How long has it been since he played a game? Is it two years almost? <laughs> Just <laughs> about. He, he played a quarter last year, so that's, uh, that's up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And out, um, Brett Eddy and Paddy Ryder. Uh, we've changed our side enormously. Um, and it, it really makes me wonder what's happening with our, with our club as a whole. When we do these sorts of things. Well, look, Pittard obviously had to come back in because he's a bloody good player and you know yeah. he's a, a first eighteen player, so that's uh, that's not a problem. Matty White to play in the ruck, I'm not too sure about that. Uh, <laughs> might be a little bit, might be a little bit short, but um, you never know. It might be a good uh, strategy against Mumford. Maybe you can just sort of run into him. Um, that would be about it. But Matt White, I I'm baffled. I'm so baffled by this. Like he looked terrible in the preseason. That preseason game he played against Hawthorne, I think he got what two touches, something like that. Uh, he hasn't played at this level for you know twelve months. Like why? I, there were players who've been in good form knocking down the door. Um, I just don't understand why we went with Matt White in this case. Like I, I can understand the theory that maybe because their midfield is so strong, we want to add some more midfield numbers around the ball. Um, that would be the only theory that I can think of why we've brought in Matt White. But again, like maybe give Joe, give Joe Atley a go. Archie had a massive game on the weekend. Uh, there's a couple of other players who were sort of uh, near enough to selection as well, as opposed to someone that didn't play last week. Hasn't played for three or four weeks, and when they did play, they got two touches in a half. Like, I don't get it. It's completely befuddling because it's just it doesn't seem like he feels a need and the likelihood of him being... I mean, this is going to be... Look, this is the one thing we do know about this game is it's going to be a really intense midfield struggle, right? That's the one thing we mm. do know is that there's going to be a bit of clobbering, all that sort of stuff. And, and you've got a bit of clobbering going on. I mean, you, that's not the game you bring Matt White in. What's that all about? That's... No. You bring mm. Matt White in against a team where he can sort of run free a bit and test out his pace and test out everything that is used to be a, a core part of his game before he went missing for you know, Gilligan's Island period of time. Um, yeah. It's it's crazy, that, that selection. And he's, you know, he's one of the smallest, he'd be almost the smallest guy on the field as well. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't understand the logic. Um, I do see that Aidan Johnson and Brendan Archie have both been named as emergencies, so maybe this is a ruse. I don't know. <laughs> Look, it, it could be. It could be. Look, the, the only other thing I can think of is that we do win a lot more games than we lose when Matt White's playing. So maybe it's just the mental <laughs> aspect of having oh him God. having him on the bench as a bit of a you know good team support there saying, guys, I'm here, we're going to win because we always win when I'm playing. The Matt White cargo cult. That's it. <laughs> but look, it's it's just baffling because he looks pretty slow. Like this isn't 2014 Matty White anymore. You know, he's now 29. Um, injury prone he's lost a yard of pace he's mm-hmm. arguably lost a couple of yards of pace um, I, I don't see it but uh, who knows 
Maybe he'll come in and get 20 touches and a couple of goals. I think that it's more likely I'll win the lottery. Um, that's the, 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 the main concern I've actually got is yep. that we have, we've taken out, like, what's happened to our structures? Yeah. Here? Like, we, we've started the year playing three Forward line. tall forwards, yep. three tall defenders, yep. and in the space of three weeks, it's all gone away once again. Like, I don't understand why we practice things in the preseason only to completely get rid of them once the real stuff starts after we've had one disappointing result. Um, we've got a couple of injuries. Well, let's not bring in anybody toll to replace them. Because, look, you look at their forward line, Rory Lobb's, what, 206 centimetres tall. Jeremy Cameron's 196. Jonathan Patton's 199. We've got one... Our tallest key defender is Tom Cleary, who's 193. So who's going to take Rory Lobb? Like, you would think Cleary would run with Cameron because he's done that in the past. Who's going to take Rory Lobb? What, Jonas? He's 22 centimetres taller than him. Like, come on. <laughs> this is why I'm happy to see Logan Austin's name in the emergency list because yeah. hopefully we make a late change and bring in someone with a bit of height that can actually play in the back line. That's the thing. Like, Logan Austin's only like a centimetre on Cleary. <laughs> no, he's like 196, I'm sure. No, no, he's only about 195. Um, 194, oh, I think, even... And Still better still... than 187 centimetres oh, yeah. against Houston he's, to he's go a... up against Rory Lobb, for he's, God's sake. He's our tallest <laughs> genuine KPD option on the list right now. There's no doubt about that, apart from Jackson Trengo, who I think is the one that might get Rory Lobb. Um, mm. yeah, well, who goes in the ruck, then? If Trengo plays <laughs> down back on Rory Lobb, who plays in the ruck? Westhoff. SPP. Happy days, mate. <laughs> Westhoff in the ruck. That's, uh, that's worked so well in the past. <laughs> I mean... Like, a week ago, I thought we could win this match against GWS. I really did. And then everything... I was confident. I was very confident. This time last week, I was pretty confident that we would play really well against GWS. Yeah, yeah. And now I look at that team and I think, where's our structures gone? I can only hope that, again, we just want to try and beat them through the midfield. And that's why we've gone small, uh, is to add more numbers at the contest so we can beat them through sheer strength and and numbers and uh, try and get the ball forward that way. Uh, and look, if we win doing that, bloody brilliant. But even then, the, the concern for me is like adding Matt White, like that does nothing to address the fact that if we're going to add a smallish attacking guy uh, in this side with the fact that we do need to be winning in midfield and then just sort of doing what we've been doing, kind of banging it forward a bit. We need a guy who's going to be accountable in the forward line. And Matt mm-hmm. White, he's good. He's all right, but I don't think he's up to speed to to not only be a contributor, but also be putting on really good forward pressure from the word go. Um, you know, I'm not going to say bring in Jake Need, but I mean, there's got to have been better options from that perspective as well, you would think. Because what's going to happen is that we'll kick to Charlie Dixon. He might mark it, maybe. But if he doesn't, then it's just going to be Williams or uh, Shaw is going to scoop it up and then hoof it back <laughs> back into the midfield again. Um, yeah, it's really befuddling. I, I don't understand the the thing, and this is something that is concerning me a little bit about the club because it seems like there's a real disconnect between the different parts of the football department. Which, like, we're recruiting big guys. We've been doing that for a couple of years. That's okay. That's probably what we need to do. Um, our selectors seem to not be picking on that basis. It, it, more and more, it seems like that round one team that looked really solid, like it was our biggest team in the club's history in AFL 
uh, it looks more and more like that was just a coincidence. <laughs> you know? like mm. not, not a plan. It's just like, oh, these are the guys that seem to be fit and sort of in form right now, so we'll play them. And you look at our list management, so not the drafting, but the list management, and all about, you look at who's going to come in. There's not really all that many guys that can come in and you can expect them to perform, you know? Um, like we're talking about Atlay and he's only just been added, but we've got a whole bunch of long, longer contracts in that Magpie side that you sort of say, ugh. <laughs> like if they come mm. in, what, where are we? Who are we? What are we doing? It just seems. So like... let's just let's just stop here. Yeah. What changes would you have made this week? No, like Brett Eddie out fine, Ryder out obvious. Which two players do you bring in? I don't put out Brett Eddie for a start. Um, mm. And for Paddy Ryder, uh, look, I mean, I don't know. Frampton's form might not have been good, but at least for a guy like Frampton that's been in the S. Okay, this is my thinking. A guy like Frampton that's been in the SNFL for a while, he's just been trying to develop and build the body and da 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 da. da. Like just getting a taste might be a huge motivator for him, you know. <laughs> well, look, he's uh, he's played pretty well tonight so far. He's on nine touches and kicked two goals oh, against Norwood. But that's it. Like he, he was the guy I would have brought in for Paddy Ryder because, yeah, look, I mean, he might lose. So what? We this is the same selection that we did with Dougal Howard. You know, we expect that we might lose. But then when he goes back to the SNFL, he'll actually know what the expectations are because he maybe flubbed it on the big stage. Mm. Yeah, like even if yep. he goes badly, he'll go back and he'll learn something from it, um, and he'll understand what's expected of him at the top level, what sort of things he's going to have to put up with, why it's important to do the things he's been told he should do for three or four years. Um, yeah, you know, and that's huge. like for a young guy. That's really useful to know to actually be exposed to the stuff. Um, so for me, that just seemed like a bit of a no-brainer, really. Yeah. Even well, the only change I probably would have made would have been Ryder out and Austin in because Austin in allows Trengove to play up forward, which we've been training for him to do all all preseason. So why not give him a chance up there? Um, and at least that keeps us uh, or gives us a bit of a Told uh, Timber to kick two up forward when we win the ball, um, and also uh, shores up our back line as well with a, a pretty decent uh, toll stopper. Yeah, look, I mean, I kind of, I'm less, I'm less enthusiastic about bringing in guys that have had a bit of a layoff if they're tall defenders. They, I don't know. This might just be hangover from Daryl Wakelin, who always took a game or two to get up to speed after he came back into the side after an injury, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy with Jackson Trango back in this game. Um, next week, we could mix it up against Brisbane. I think there's probably a bit more room to do that. Um, mm. And, and that, I mean, next week, whatever happens, I mean, we can probably make more dramatic changes without it necessarily destroying us. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not against that. But I mean, for me, I just don't understand the dropping of Brett Eddie. It just doesn't make sense to me that we lose a forward when the most exploitable area on the ground is their defence, you know? Um, yeah, we're conceding. We're conceding them the part that they least want to have exploited. Uh, it, it's weird. It is, but uh, look, hopefully a bit of a late change. Maybe you never know. Yeah, maybe. All right. Well, look. Uh, I guess we can look at the Giants' side and ask basic questions by area. Um, mm-hmm. We've already talked at length about the right contest. There's not really much else we can say about Mumford, is there? It's a it's a contest, is it? Okay. Well, know, on paper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, midfield, we talked a little bit about Dylan Shield. Uh, Callan Ward's been doing all right uh, <clears throat> for clearances. Josh Kelly is just, he's uh, not the most amazing. I mean, he's, he's all right. 
He's a producer. Oh, look, jo- Josh Kelly is the player that uh, I reckon everyone thought Tom Scully would be. Yeah. Look, okay. look, Tom Scully had a really good year last year, but it's taken him, what, seven years to get there. Yeah. Uh, Kelly's now doing, or did in his, what, third year, what um, what Scully did in his seventh or eighth. So, you know, he's just a hard runner, gets heaps of ball on the outside, um, can get it on the inside as well. And look, both of them together, Kelly and Scully, they're averaging 11 inside 50s and a couple of goals a game between them this year. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, they are very, very important to their side. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so... I mean, they're, look, Callum Ward as well. Just, I think you mentioned Callum Ward, but yeah. he's su- like, it doesn't look like he should be a tough player to play against. But he's a bloody good footballer and very, very underrated still, I think. And like Ebert, I think he plays really tall. He wins clearances, got good pace. He's tough as nails, and he's actually won Brownlow votes in three of the last four matches against us. Um, he averages over twenty-six and a half touches a game against Port Adelaide. So, um, if you're going to bank on Ebert going to anybody, I think it'll be Ward. This week, yeah. Look, I mean, I, I could see that. I, look, I mean, I kind of think almost that it's the matchup for Shield, and then we we just concede Ward to an extent and try and have someone play off him. But mm. I don't know. I don't know. Like, what do you think of the matchups? Well, I think look, if we have Ebert go to Ward, I'm not sure who goes to Shield. To be honest, I, I can't get my head around who yeah. we're going to play on him. To be honest, um, look, Ollie Wines. Uh, is going to be very, very important this game as well because I think he's our best chance to uh, to actually get the ball going in our favour. If we can get Robbie Gray up into the midfield a little bit as well, that would be really handy. And Boak's really got to play a great game again this week. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the captain needs to put in a really big captain's performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he does, doesn't he? He does. We're, all under, we're under pressure. We're under pressure now because of that. I'm just going to blame Ryder again. <laughs> Penny, this is all your fault. Can, can I just add a thing, which I'm, is another reason why I'm really shitty with Ryder, is that, you know, he's just had a year off because he went with the Essendon boys and trusted them after having left Essendon because he didn't trust them. Mm. Um, and we, we paid for that. And it's like, all right, here's your second chance. In four weeks, and he's already blown it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That, that's really frustrating. Anyway, yes. Uh, so look, how do you, do you think we'll get on top in the midfield? Because I'm kind of doubtful. I don't know. Do you think that? I think that there's always a chance. There's always a chance. The edge is that we've got um, some very, very good clearance players who've been in very, very good form ourselves. So if we can uh, get on top in that midfield battle in the on the inside, um, I think we've got the runners on the outside to be able to cause them headaches and get the ball in very, very quick, which will put themselves under a bit of pressure. If we can try and um, out GWS, GWS, um, I think that's our best sort of chance of winning the game. If we start sort of chipping it around and doing all that sort of stuff, I think we've got no chance at all. But if we win the ball, get it in quick, get it forward any way possible, that's going to be our best chance of winning the game. Yeah, but for me, that's the that's the concerning part about dropping a you know not just a forward but a key forward is like mm. we've seen Sam Pepper and you know he's a good player. And he's usually pretty accurate, but then also a fair number of his clearances just sort of go to an area. And if we've got a forward there, then that's great. And if we don't, it still goes there. Uh, so clearing out our forward line the way we are, and it looks like we're doing it because every time we don't have multiple key position forwards, we do clear out our forward line. Like that could, it looks to me like, just looking at the natural flow, it looks to me like we might win clearances and then sort of kick them forward half back and they'll hit the ground or they'll be spilled to ground at a marking contest and then one of their loose halfbacks will clean it up and we won't have anyone there to stop them. 
Yeah. Look, we've got to be really smart about how we move the football. We really do. We can't... Uh, like, I did just say that we need to get it forward any way possible, but if we start sort of just bombing, hoping it like we did last week, then we're absolutely no chance because GWS will eat that up and run it straight back the other way. But um, that's why I'm, I'm concerned that we're on the back foot already with our um, selections this week. Yeah. Um, so we've we got to be pretty smart about it. But if we can keep uh, our forward line... Or, or our forwards in the forward line, that would be a great big help. Um, and look, I've got faith that Ollie Wines, Brad Ebert, Travis Boat, Robbie Gray, Pow Pepper, that, that's five really, really good clearance winners right there. Um, and look, if we can... Look, I'm pretty keen to see how they go up against this uh, GWS midfield, to be honest, and I've got a sneaking sub- sub- uh, suspicion that we might actually get on top of them. Yeah, look, I mean, I've got that suspicion too, but it's just where does it go from there? That's that's my main concern is that where does it go yeah. from there? Um, that's another matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, which I guess we could potentially move on to. Uh, we talk about the forward line. or well, actually, they're forwards first of all, isn't it? Um, yeah, look, they're forwards. They're, they're all right. They're pretty good. They've got some good options that we can't oh, match great. up on. They've that, got, that's they've got enough. a great forward. That's enough. They, they, that's all they need is just have options we can't match up on, and then they're a good forward line, so... But yeah, Devin Smith's pretty decent. Toby Green's been in pretty excellent form this year. He's kicked a bunch of goals. Um, yeah. Oh look, look I think they've look. I said that last week that the Crows have the best and most diverse forward line in the competition. I think GWS probably have the second, to be honest, because yeah. they're told like Cameron's a wonderful footballer. He's a great key forward. Lob just is an absolute giant who takes big contested marks, kicks a lot of goals. Yeah. Patton, we all know about his knee injuries, but. Even he was in ripping form at the end of last year as well and um, can do a big job, um, certainly against uh, the height of our defence, I think. They've got dominant smalls in Toby Green, who has just completely changed his uh, his personal game mm. and gone to a, a massive new level. Devin Smith, you know, he's a he's another sort of a 18 and 2 sort of player. And I think Stevie J is a massive exclusion for them this week because, yeah. again, he always destroys us week in, week out. Um, and he's still got that sort of touch. He had a massive year last year, and you just know that if he was out there, he'd get another 26 touches and three goals or something against us. Yeah, he'd be enough to put him over the edge for sure. Um, mm. I mean, but even now, like, just look at the teams that they're lined up on paper. You know, we've got Jonathan Patton opposed to Hamish Hartlett, Jeremy Cameron on Tom Jonas, um, Rory Love on Tom Cleary. Like, it's just... It's so depressing. Yes. Jonathan Patton on Hamish Hartlett. Rest in peace, Hamish. But that's um, the thing. Like, we know that matchup's going to happen at some point in the game. Like, we know that. That's definitely going to happen. Yeah. Well, look, I don't know. Maybe we'll run Hartlett with Cameron or something like that. Well, he, he went with McGovern last week, so why not try him on someone like Cameron this week? Let's put him on lob. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> why not? Uh, all right. And at the other end of the ground, oh, look, I mean, it's maybe a little bit promising. I'd be happier if Aaron Young had done something last week. Um, yeah. He he vanished. I forgot he was playing. I don't. I don't think. I don't. How, how much do you think that had to do with his shoulder injury? Look, to be fair, a probably reasonable amount. Um, I don't know, but then again, like for me, it wasn't even. I don't know. Like a shoulder injury should. Could mean that maybe he'll fail at contested marks or marking, but the fact that I didn't see him anywhere, I mean, he didn't get a leg injury, so I don't know. Mm. But that's it for me. Like, having a shoulder injury doesn't stop you from running to the right places, so uh, I don't know. I don't know. 
I mean, look, look, if you want to talk about shoulder injuries and playing football, I mean, Michael Wilson, 2004, is a classic example where both his shoulders were completely buggered, but he's still running around bumping into blokes. So, um, you know, that's yeah. the standard. That's the standard, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, for mm. sure. We Look, the key to their defence is the run that they get from Williams and Wilson and Heath Shaw. Yeah, uh, we, we, our, our defensive pressure out forward has just got to be absolutely on point this week because if it's not, then we're going to get hammered. Um, so it's really... Very, very important that Sam Gray and Robbie Gray and Wingard do chase and chase really, really hard and try and corner them and put them under as much pressure pressure as possible to try and uh, get them to make some mistakes because their defence is susceptible to making mistakes. And we saw that against the Crows as well. Uh, So if we can do that, um, again, it'll give us a big chance of winning. Yeah, look, I mean, if we can keep them under pressure and we can have Charlie Dixon have a game this week then we've got a chance. But if mm. we don't... And that's the thing, like, we're expecting forwards that... Like, Sam Gray's a bit on and off. Aaron Young, first two weeks, fantastic. This week, he needs to get back to the first two weeks. He, like, if it, might, if it was a shoulder injury, great. I hope he's over it, because if he's not, then we need him to be. Chad Wingard, I don't know what he's doing this year. Um, he just seems to be wrestling. <laughs> I don't, don't know. know. Well, he wasn't that great on the weekend, but he still kicked a couple of goals. Um, he was really good in the first two rounds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He... How much of a contributor do you think he is to a forward pressure? I think he could improve. Mm. I think he certainly could improve. Yeah, because that's my concern in this match. Because, I mean, I, I, look, I, I've no doubt at all, like, as far as scoreboard damage, he's excellent. He's absolutely fantastic. Um, and he's the guy that will turn forward pressure into a goal. Yeah. But as far as being a creator of forward pressure, I mean, that's probably the one area I do have a question over him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. We're, we're very paper thin at the moment, aren't we? But look, we might get on top and it might be a psychological game because we know that GWS probably got little weaknesses in there. Mm. Um, if we can get on top early and stay on top, then we might be okay. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Macca. <laughs> Look, it's not that bad. It's not the end of the world. No, I know. Um, I'm, I'm still confident we're going to put in a good showing. I just think we've been put a little bit on the back foot with our selections this week. But, um, look, our forward line on paper is still, still reads really, really well. Like, if Dixon can take a few contested marks, especially early and get some confidence and momentum going, that'd be great. Uh, Youngie can kick goals. Wingard can kick goals. Pal Pepper's very important. Robbie Gray's had a great start to the year despite playing injured. Um, I wonder if we might play Impey up forward, like as a genuine sort of small forward this week, just to try and put that sort of pace and defensive pressure on um, because their defenders are quite quick as well. So maybe that might be another reason why we've brought Matty White into the side is to play him in a forward pocket or a forward flank. Um, Look, we've got some options to play up there. Look, I mean, I, I think that Amon could have been dropped last week. Um, and he, yeah, he, yeah. I'm surprised they kept him in, but... Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm surprised he could kept him in. could say the same about Sam Gray as well, to be honest, I, too. I would so. absolutely say the same about both of them. Um, you know, and I guess you might see Carl Amon go forward because at least he's an accurate kick when he gets it reasonably often. Um, so maybe he'll go forward and do that role that Matt White would normally do and then Matt White will play this quasi-loose halfback thing that... Amon was doing last week. I don't. I don't know what he was. I don't know what his role was in the team last week. It was really weird. Yeah. 
Um, all right, we'll quickly move on to the, the game in general. Uh, are we concerned about Leon Cameron as a coach? Not really, I don't think. No. I think no. I think um, the way that they were unable to uh, stop the Crows' momentum for three quarters hmm. says that they might just be a plan A sort of team and yep. then not much else. Like when that plan A doesn't work, they're a little bit stuck. Yep. Um, so that's... A concern for them and, and good for us. If we can get on top early, it might put them under a bit of pressure and mental pressure and we might be able to stay on top that way. Um, so I think certainly us getting to a good start uh, this week will be uh, super, super important and I'm not too concerned that Leon Cameron will be able to um, do some magic in that uh, scenario. No, well, I mean, when you look at the GWS team, like most of their tricks are on the table. Yeah, um, That forward line, we know what it's capable of. The midfield, we know that they're an attacking midfield, and the defence, we know it's weak. And if you look at their interchange, I mean, oh, I don't know, like this is exciting. Um, maybe seeing Tim Taranto come on and do his Tim Taranto things, like that's that's a worry as well, an exciting yeah. worry, because mm. um, he could change up their midfield in a way that is significant. Uh, yeah. But apart from that, like they just don't have too many tricks up the sleeve left. Everything that they've got is on the field. I kind of feel. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they might like a plan B. Um, but when your plan A is kind of dominant when it's winning, maybe you don't need it so much. Mm. <laughs> uh, and the next question, I mean, obviously, it's not even a question. Who has the psychological advantage? It's got to be GWS, doesn't it? Um, oh, for sure. It's their home yeah. ground. We're coming off last. They've had two huge wins against maybe not necessarily great sides. Uh, but, I don't know, maybe after two big wins, they'll get a bit they've of They've beaten us the last couple of times that That's we've played right. as well. So Yeah. Makes sense that they would have the psychological advantage in this game. Yeah. All right. Well, look, you got any questions from Big Footy? Right. Questions. Uh, first one is uh, Wolfie1870. Is the lobster's hamstring tightness this week uh, the first time that Burjo's hamstring b- uh, busting machine has actually been used to benefit the club? <laughs> That's harsh. <laughs> uh, well, look, I mean, for me... Potentially. Look, I, I think if Lobby was fit and he was in, he'd be better than the no-ruck we're playing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, look, in all seriousness, uh, it is disappointing because I think Lobby would have been an absolute Monty to play this week. And uh, I think he would have done probably all right. So nah, I don't reckon. It is a bit of a shame. I think it would have been terrible, but at least he would have filled a hole. But, um, mm. yeah. Mm. Yes. Uh Papagallo has said, uh, in preparation for worst-case scenario, do you have any recommendations for travelling Portonian suffering the double indignation of watching us get smashed by GWS and being in Canberra for the weekend as well? Uh, well, I mean, I guess the next day you could go to the War Memorial and remind yourself that you could have it worse. That's true. That's yep. true. I've, I've not been to Canberra, so I don't know uh, of any of the sites, but uh, you could, um, always go, could always go wine tasting. That's, um, they've got some good wineries up there. Yeah, look if you if you want to know can we just drive around around about a few times and then you'll <laughs> then, then you'll have the full experience. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Sog thirty five has asked, uh, assuming Bigfooty melts are your favourite melt, what other melts comprise your uh, top three? Uh, uh, chocolate melts. Um, I don't know. Look, I miss a good Kane Mitchell melt to be honest. Okay. I'm, I'm missing them this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I can see that. Um, I mean, I guess... Uh, you're Facebook talk about... melts. 
Facebook melts at selections and after we lose <laughs> is uh, usually uh, pretty entertaining as well. The right in front of me melt will be an all-time classic. That's that is the uh, the great. That's the goat. That is the goat. <laughs> the goat milk. And look, I do do enjoy a bit of a Cadbury dark chocolate milk as well, and uh, Nestle white chocolate melts are really really nice. As yeah. is a buffalo mozzarella. Probably not all at the same time, um, but yeah, very nice. Have you ever had uh, fondue? That's nice. Fondue is quite nice. Yeah. 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 Haven't had that for probably two decades though, but uh, about, yeah. Yeah, about. 10 years for me, yeah. Yeah. It's just not really worth it, is it? Mm. <laughs> All right. What's next? Uh, Power Girl has asked, uh, what will we consider a successful game? Will it uh, only be a win or will a hard-fought loss be acceptable? Uh, look, I mean, it depends on what you classify as hard-fought, you know. If it's that we sort of give up the game and then GWS lose focus in the second half and we get a few goals back, then I'm not very interested in that. Mm. Um for me, it's if look, I, I just don't think it's there. I don't, I don't think there's a good win we can have. I mean, winning would be good, but even then, it's sort of winning in spite of, you know. Look, I'm I'm sick of our sort of hard fought losses at the moment, to be honest, because they always sort of um, follow the same path. You know, we we have a really good first quarter, then we get uh, overtaken through the second and third quarters. We look like absolute garbage, and then we kick a few goals late to give us half a chance and oh we might do it and then we stuff ourselves up and Sam Gray will stuff something up and uh, then we'll still lose by three or four goals so I'm kind of over our sort of hard fought losses and um, look we just need to win to be honest if we win this game with uh, the selections this week bring it on mate if we win this game with the selections this week we still have a have a poor structure in place That's oh no doubt no that, doubt but that, it would be very unexpected and uh, a good sign. Look, I, I don't... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't understand what you're saying. I'm just going to agree to disagree because for me... It'll like be a bad sign if they choose to go, oh, well, we beat GWS playing this exactly. structure. Let's play that for the rest of the season. But exactly. I don't think they'll do Oh, really? You don't? <laughs> no. Oh, come on. We've got to go by past form on that count, right? Well, we're, we're not going to uh, not bring back in Homsch and Ryder, are we? So um, there are at least two tolls which will come straight back into the system. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Anyway, yeah. Next question. Uh, Brennan Archie Handball has asked, uh, coming up against Mumford, who is a strong-bodied type ruckman, is this going to be the first game that Dixon plays the majority in the ruck for us? And if so, are his ankles up to it? I hope he doesn't play in the ruck. And if he does, maybe they're not... Can't see why he would. Well, uh... Maybe like he has in the past couple of weeks, like, you know, five minutes here and there, but uh, I don't expect him to play the majority of the game in the ruck. Look, I mean, maybe that could be the plan is to mosquito fleet it against the um, the defence because that might be something they do struggle a little bit more with. Um, mm. maybe, yeah, I don't know. That could, like, you could see it for that reason because you decide, okay, we're just going to throw all our pacey guys up forward. So we're going to throw MP up forward. We're going to throw Amon up forward. And they're just going to run like idiots in the forward line and, mm. and expose the halfback flankers that they've got. Plus, Dixon playing in the ruck means that we would be playing West off and Trengove up forward, which uh, doesn't bench. doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence either that we would kick a winning score that way. No, um, no. So, yeah, I, I would still be pretty happy to see Trengove go up in the ruck, 
play Dixon out of the square, West off across half forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next question. Uh, Peck has asked, um, I have the feeling our centre square mids and our defence were exposed as being too slow against Adelaide. What are your thoughts? I'm not sure about that. I don't think we were exposed as being too slow. I think we were exposed as not uh, structurally being good enough um, and structurally not changing things uh, to stop what the Crows were doing. Uh, I don't think they beat us too much with pace. No. It was, there was the odd occasion where it happened, but uh, I don't think that was a core reason why they won the game. And I don't think they beat us in, with pace in defence either. Like, I mean, they did around midfield for sure. Like, you know, it's hard to deny that Charlie Cameron, when he gets a run on, that's hard to stop. Yeah. Um, I, the look, outside, I, the Crows' defensive structures dominated against our forward line, I thought, but yeah. it wasn't because it, they were too pacey. I think it was just... They had a better game plan, and they knew exactly where or what knew exactly what they had to do uh, to beat our forwards. Yeah, well, I mean, we commented on the, um, last week that um, you know Don Pike, he's probably okay, but the most important thing is that he understands his list absolutely, um, and I think that was probably the difference um, because our list, our, t- our, ch- our team changes completely from week to week, uh, and so how do you, you know, even as a head coach that is running the team, like how do you deal with that? <laughs> the fact that it just seems to change randomly and constantly all mm. the time, it really up and down. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Johns, the last question here from Johns is, uh, what's the best way to have eggs? Uh, in a cake. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That's, uh, that's a good answer. That is I'll, a good answer. I, I don't mind poached with a bit of chilli sauce. That's nice. <sighs> yeah. Look, poached is the correct answer to this question. Uh, it's the only answer to this question, really. Uh, with some nice fresh cracked pepper on top, oven baked a portobello mushroom and some serrano ham. Absolutely delicious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, look, I I like a poached egg. I don't like a fried egg. I really don't. They're just kind of gross. Um, Mm. Scrambled are good. Scrambled are good with a dash of cream and some truffle oil. Very, very nice. Scrambled eggs are okay if you've got a lot of other things to add flavour with them. Um, But Mm. a poached egg I could eat with not a lot lot else. Yeah. For me, poached. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Good stuff. That's it. Uh, all right. Well, look, um, we're going into the final wrap. Uh, after that comprehensive discussion, Macca, who's your winning side and what's the margin? Oh, look, GWS by 115 points, I think. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, look, uh, look it, it's got to be GWS. I think the margin will be somewhere around about uh, 39 points. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I'm... I think GWS are probably going. No, no, screw it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with my hope, which is my hope is that GWS, led by Leon Cameron, is susceptible to head stuff. And so if we get a good start in Canberra, because who, you know, it's not like Canberra crowd's going to get any side up. Um, then we can pull away, and we're going to win by five goals. Nice, very nice. <laughs> Uh, and I think that uh, I mean, who's your highest goal kicker for Port? Who do you reckon's going to get on the board for us? Well, it's probably going to be a couple of players that will kick a couple. Um, so I will go with uh, Chad Wingard, who's always a pretty safe bet, I think, to kick two, and uh, Robbie Gray. I'm going to say Charlie Dixon with four. Oh, well, that'd be nice. 
Yeah. That'd be very nice. I think that'd be enough of a surprise that would justify the possible win. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if if, if, if we can get four goals from a tall forward with one tall forward in the forward line... Uh, then the other guys should be able to get enough out of that, enough space yep. out of that to to kick on. Um, fear factor: Which port player should GWS be the most concerned about? Which port player? Uh, look, probably Matty White, to be honest, because I think we've brought <laughs> we've brought him in for a reason. I'm not sure what that reason is at the moment, yeah. but uh, look out, he's uh, he's ready to go. Hasn't played footy for 12 months, and uh, he'll be chomping at the bit yeah. to get out there. I'm going to answer more conventionally. I'm going to say Ollie Wines because I, I like. I think if you look at the midfield matchups, like he's the only one of ours that I'd say they don't have a really easy matchup for. Um, so yeah, Ollie Wines for me. Uh, and okay. who's the GWS player that Port should be concerned about? I think we're both going to say it's Shield. <laughs> <laughs> you can say Shield. I was actually going to say Zach Williams. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. No, no, I, I kind of feel like Zach Williams is a symptom of bad attack rather than necessarily the, uh, a guy that's going to destroy us. Now, look, he's uh, he's a very he's a lightning quick player. He's got really good skills, um, and we spoke about how our defensive pressure up forward is going to be super, super important. Yeah. Zach Williams gets the ball across half back um, more than say fifteen times. We're, we're going to be in a in a lot of trouble, I think. And look, he's even been playing a bit further up the field this year. He's been up up on the wing a little bit too, but um, I'm, yeah, he's the one that concerns me the most because we know that Shield's going to have a good game. We know that Callum Ward's going to have a good game. Um, if Zach Williams gets you sort of 25 to 30 touches, um, he, he'll, he'll probably get three Brownlow votes as well to go with it. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, next question, quite achiever. Who is going to put in the game of higher standard that may not wear the crowds? Is that for us or for Um, either? For us, pretty much. But it could be for either. It's up to you. Okay. Uh, Probably can't go Matty White again. Um, So I'm going to say this week it will be Jarman Impey. Okay. Interesting. Because, I mean, I would have thought he was pretty much a well sort of player. um, He's a well sort of player, but I'm going to say he's going to do a defensive job on somebody up forward. Okay. Uh, might even be someone like Zach Williams. Okay. Um, yeah. And nice. yeah, and that will be the reason why this week. Okay. Look for me, it's going to be Darcy Byrne Jones doing the job on Toby Green. I reckon he can shut him right down. Okay. I like that one. Yep. Yeah, I, I can see that happening. Mm, I think he's got. I think he's. I think this year he started off well enough. I don't think. I don't think Byrne Jones has been brilliant this year, but I think he's got his head in the right spot to be able to do a really good shutdown job on a guy that's been kicking goals in the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, and just around the grounds, um, any games you're particularly looking forward to this week? Well, look, tonight's uh, would be pretty interesting. I'm not sure what the score is, um, but that uh, that does interest me. Look, North Melbourne and the Dogs, that'll be very, very interesting as well. I think um, keen to see if the Dogs can recover from last week and whether North uh, can beat them. Um Really want Essendon to do the job over the Crows. That'd be quite nice. That'd be great. (laughs) And Hawthorne and Geelong because, um, yeah, interested to see just how much Hawthorne will get smashed by. I know. It'll be really good, (laughs) won't it? (laughs) 
Um, for me, it's sort of what I said earlier in the podcast right near the start, which is that I think there's a few teams that are going to get exposed. I think Melbourne versus Fremantle is going to be interesting just because I think Freo can win that one. And I yep. think similarly, I think that um, Richmond, you know, they're right at the top at the moment, going to play Brisbane in Brisbane. I reckon it's going to be Brisbane. I'm really confident in that one. Um, Brisbane have been a surprise packer this year. They've played a lot. They've been a lot more competitive than what I thought they would be. Yeah, yeah. I, I did yeah. pick them for the spoon, and they've been very, very competitive so far. I still think Richmond will win that one, um, and they'll be they'll probably win next week as well. I've tipped them to be five nil, and then not win again for ten weeks after that. So we'll see if that uh, happens. That does sound awesome. <laughs> sounds it very sounds rich. very Richmond. As I was well. going to say that sounds very rich. <laughs> we're on fire. We're on fire. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and apart from that, I, I mean, Hawthorne Geelong will be interesting, I guess. Um, uh, I don't know, Carlton, Gold Coast, nah, I'm not interested in that. I think that's probably the least exciting ah. match of the round, really. Yeah. Yeah, comfortably. Yeah. Yes. All right, well, look, I haven't got anything else to say. You got anything else, Maka? Not really. Uh, Nord's currently 12 points in front of Port Adelaide, uh, nice. late in the third quarter. Jakey Needs kicked a couple of goals, as has Billy Frampton. Um, Jimmy Tumbus with 21 touches. Uh, the leading possession winner on the ground, which is a bit of a surprise. So, well, that's interesting. There we go. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Wasn't he named at centre half back? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, all right. Well, look, um, we're maybe not as optimistic as we could be, but I hope that people listening out there realise that we do really want Port to win, and we think they can maybe, but probably not. Hopefully they do, and especially for those Canberrans that, or people that are going to Canberra for the game. Good on you. Make a lot of noise and get, get right in them. They won't like it. Yeah. That. Do it. Come uh, on, Port Adelaide. We can say, do this. We can beat them. We can. we can beat them. We absolutely can. It's just a matter of if we do. Yes. Um, there's, a, there's enough weaknesses in the GWS side that we can exploit them if we are focused and they play for each other and they do all the things like leading and all that stuff that they need to do that doesn't always get rewarded. If they do yeah. that, we should win. For sure, for sure. All right. Well, I think we're done. So thank you, Macca. And no worries. Can the power. Can the pair. Can port. Port, port, port. Port. Goes back. Lockwood can unload. Oh, he goes for top. The old barrel. What a kick from Bob and Lockwood. Where did that Well, they put it and they held the ball up. They had no one to kick it to. There was about four or five.